podcasting, the last true art form. From the early days of Radio Archives Online to the real media player streaming days of the 2000s, podcasting has been a communication guide through the portal between our world and the internet world. Its genre shows many forms, from a true crime podcast for wine moms to comedians enabling terrible behavior for hundreds of millions of dollars on a music streaming service. For most, however, it's just a place for people to vent about their day, to spout their interests, because they are simply too uggo for YouTube. But now, podcasting has reached its zenith, and there is no place to go but down. And it is now time, a new time, a new era, a new beginning, for the white dude talking into a microphone genre of podcast. And its name is Jordan Haas. Is he a comedian? Probably not. Is he a game journalist? Not really either. He also has a social media, but mostly posts hamburgers. But he isn't a chef. No, this is simply a show for Jordan, by Jordan. And maybe, just maybe, it will have an audience. With many ways to be known on social media, from TikTok videos to YouTube rant videos to the five-hour Twitch stream where you play Fortnite to two viewers, it's one person's duty to try and do a thing that Conan O'Brien, the McElroy brothers, and even Gwyneth Paltrow all do. A podcast. The only difference between this podcast and the others? Jordan isn't even famous yet. And hopefully, by listening to this podcast, we can all figure out just exactly why that is. This is a podcast with Jordan Haas. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, hell yeah. Welcome to Podcast with Jordan Husky. My hell yeah. If you want to hear a damn podcast, give me hell yeah, hell yeah. Here's your host, Oh, hell yeah, Jordan Austin. Thank you, authentic Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's definitely not an AI that I found on the internet. Welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas. Uh, just gonna be honest right now, this section is not scripted. This is an unscripted part. I, I always want to start the show with a little off the cuff, just wanting to... Uh, say what's been going on today and what's been going on this week and just saying hello to everybody. This is the first episode of the podcast. Essentially, here's how it's going to work. Um, every week, there is a free version uh, that you're listening probably right now to because you're not my Patreon. Uh, and it's going to be this intro sequence and one written segment. Uh, that's the free version. It's very small. And if it's short, yeah, pretty much. Um, but in the, uh, full version, which is on patreon.com slash Jordan Haas, 
there is a full version and there's like two, three, four, maybe even five segments, a news segment, questions from you, a rotating panel of different little mini segments that could be anywhere between three minutes to 30 minutes for all I know. The idea being that it's about an hour long. Uh, so essentially I'm trying to get as much content out there for you guys. Uh, so uh, that is essentially what is going on. Um, so uh, with that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's gonna be very quick, but also very similar uh, because essentially if you never met me before and most likely you haven't, I've been doing a lot of podcasts for so many years. I did Gargobox, I did Funtime Calls, I've done uh, game shows, I suppose, on his Haas. Uh, I did Haas's office on YouTube. I've had written articles for blogs, all sorts of things. Essentially, I, I guess I've been an opinion guy online for about 20 years at this point. 20 years? God, I'm fucking old. Um, and it's kind of been the one thing that I've been okay with. Now, the problem is I used to write. I used to be a writer, one or typey, typey, type, type. Um, but I've been away from the computer a lot. I've been on mobile. So there's a lot of, if there's a lot of errors, there's a lot of grammar errors and, and syntax. Yes, that's usually how I write, but also that's my mobile phone. I'm blaming autocorrect for all of that. And when I was a little older in high school, college age, I tried to get into YouTube videos and I kind of wanted to get into that approach of more YouTube videos, but something about just the, uh, the the culture of YouTube, I've just grown to just sort of, I don't know what's the best way to describe it. I can't say hate, because I don't hate YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube, but it's the culture of what YouTube expects from its creators, if that makes sense. They want you to create so much content, like every day or every week, just as much as possible, because that's your AdSense revenue, that for content creators, they get burnt out or they don't know what they're good for. Or if they have been good and they've done something for like three, four years, and that's all they're known for, like let's play videos or game reviews or music reviews, they can't go off the beaten path and try something else. YouTube kind of penalizes you for trying anything different. And I don't think that's really fair. I think content creators are well-rounded people. And sometimes, yeah, they're gonna make a really shitty political video and then they're gonna get dunked on and that's gonna change your whole worldview of them. And you know what? Good, good, fuck them. But also it, it, it's supposed to be this adaptation. If you're an actor, you want to do short films, you want to do sketch comedy, but it's hard to do when you are the the gaming fuckface and your whole content creation is you just scream at like a Nintendo 64 game and say, ah, fuck you, I'm the gaming fuckface. Because it, it's, it's not really essentially fun. And you see all sorts of content creators showing off what they like, like makeup tutorials or hauls that they got from like stores, arcade videos, or the weird angry ranty people who see a black guy and go, this is political, welcome to friend. Which you know what that tells me? They don't have many black friends. They don't, the, the way they talk to women is they think they're all sex objects and meant to fuck them. And if you ever see these people, they look ugly. And I will say that personally, they look ugly. I don't think women would find them attractive. And maybe that's probably why they're very angry about any woman getting an advantage in Hollywood because they're uggo. Also, because it's not just ugly on the outside, it's ugly on the inside. And guess what? You could actually fix both by not being a piece of shit. So <clears throat> that being said, 
Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, so YouTube videos, it, it's there's all these assholes, and they're still there, and they kind of like harass weirdos on the internet. I understand if you're like a kid and you're doing trolley behavior, but I think the trolley behavior craze kind of fizzled out. At least I think so. Uh, they, they kind of fizzled out around the time of Trump. Like, Gamergate was like the last thing where people tried to do a troll behavior, and then they realized, oh, hey, this is actually illegal. Ah, oh, shit. <clears throat> so... Essentially, YouTube has toxic behavior from toxic people. They expect too much from content creators that they're burnt out or they don't know what to do or they're stuck in a box. So now, Mr. Beast videos are nothing more than just like, uh, hey, we're giving people $100,000 if we play tag with them in this circle sponsored by our shitty candy bar in our shitty burger place. It, it's, that's what YouTube has become. It's, a lot of it feels phony. A lot of it feels fake and genuine. Now, I'm gonna have scripted stuff here. I'm not the best actor, so if it sounds ingenuine, I'm sorry, I wrote that from the heart, but reading it out loud like an ebook, maybe it doesn't translate very well. Uh, things like this, where it's unscripted, I'm trying to be more personal, I'm trying to be more from the, from the heart to explain what this show is, essentially. So you try YouTube and you get burnt out. Now, if you don't do YouTube, you can do uh, Vine, but Vine's now gone. You can do TikTok and Twitch or Instagram. Now, Instagram, you have to be thirst trappy. You have to be rich or you have to be sexy as fuck. And I don't have a six pack and a big dick. I have an okay sized penis, but no, no, I don't have a six pack abs. I don't look like a thirst trap. I don't have big tits. And you know what? I don't think I'm fuckable that much. I would say I'm very average, <laughs> very average looking. Uh, so Instagram, kind of not going to be my thing. I can't really uh, get up, put on makeup, uh, and put on a mesh tank top and call it a day. <clears throat> so that leaves Twitch and TikTok. Uh, Twitch requires scheduling. It requires knowing your audience and interacting with them as much as possible, playing games, interacting as quickly as you can. Unfortunately, with the kind of things that I do, I do play video games a whole lot, but I kind of uh, play them at night. Like, at regular time. Sometimes it's at 9 p.m. My time, sometimes it's at 1 a.m. So it's impossible to say, hey, catch me Tuesdays at 8 for me to play a game and try and stream for five, six hours straight, which is what they kind of expect Twitch streamers to do because that's when you maximize your potential and you can get all the bits and the subscribers and all of the good stuff. But they also get burnt out. And for me, I can't play that game because it's irregular for me to hang out with people on the internet to stream a game. I have personal responsibilities currently at the moment taking care of my family. So it's a little impossible. But what I could do is I could write stuff in my free time. I could watch videos and play video games and write out these little reviews and then post them as like a mini article here on this podcast and read them out to you on this podcast. And then in the full version, you get more of that because I think that is kind of the best way for me to feel kind of full as a writer and as a podcaster. Now, the problem is everybody fucking does a podcast these days. Like, Dak Shepard has a fucking podcast. And everyone who has a, a podcast on Patreon is expecting to be fucking Chapo Trap House because they have like 100000 per per month. Because they have built a leftist branded idea and people love it because they're kind of endearing, the Chapo guys. I, I mean, Matt Christman's a real cool dude. Um, so it's it's kind of tough when you see someone making a podcast and going to Patreon and the expectation is I'm going to be like Chapo when ideally I'm probably going to be 
where I am now, if not less, because what kind of content are you paying for? Uh, so I can't do Twitch. I can only podcast and write. That's kind of what I'm good at. Now, I didn't bring up TikTok. The reason I'm not doing anything about TikTok is because TikTok is so weird. I, it's not my responsibility. I feel like I'm a little too old to do the, oh, you kids and your TikToks. Because to me, that's where all the kids are. And they're hanging and doing TikTok. They're being creative. It's kind of like when I was a kid when YouTube was a new creation. And they're just having fun with it. That's for them to be creative. And for me, that's something you should really be more supportive of. It's just, hey, kids are being really cool and doing new talents. They're dancing. They're singing. The ones that you should really kind of go, what the fuck are, are the ones who kind of look at really ridiculous challenge videos like the smash the shit out of a toilet or uh, beat the shit out of somebody. The blatant racisms and transphobia that shows up on TikTok as a challenge video. But we know it's not really. It's just blatant disregard for people and humanity. And then the problem is TikTok has also become the vessel for people to let out their fears. But those fears and things become content. Now, I, I mean... I know I'm a very public person from time to time, but I don't feel like when I try and vent out what's wrong with me, I want that to be seen as content. I want that to be seen as I'm chatting with people who I consider friends and say, hey, just an update. Uh, I hurt my leg. Uh, hey, I just blacked out. Hey, I'm very tired. I don't want to see people who are nurses dance in sadness and do like some sort of weird yoga poses when a patient dies, I don't want to see teachers show off their like organization charts and how excited they are, but then like completely disregard their the students who are needing help right now. That's kind of also annoying. I don't want the parents to make TikTok videos about like shit my kid says. Well, you know, kids, they're just entitled pieces of shit. Like, it's the same old fucking lines over and over again. And the kids, it's also the same thing. Like, my parent hates me because he says I'm on my phone too much. I should do homework. I don't want to do homework. I want to do TikTok full time. And I understand that. But the to be in the high palace is kind of also annoying. Um, I'm not going to. I might have to do a full on rant about that one day. Like, go on script thing. But I really hate high houses. I think high houses are really terrible. I think they're exploitative of content creators who are looking to get their foot into the social media world to see that they're worth worth money. And the problem is a lot of people who are in these hype houses are really, really insecure about themselves. They really don't care about what they look like, or they really don't know if they're funny enough, good enough, talented enough. So for somebody to say, hey, we think you're talented enough, you should move in with us, it becomes horrific. And I think that they get exploitative uh, by these people for, for money, obviously, because it's a business. Uh, all on their own insecurities. And the problem is those hype houses aren't just like for social media people trying to make money during really bad advertising. It's seen in esports. It's seen in makeup companies. It's seen uh, essentially in, in modern, huge, big time social media people. It's really slimy as fuck to say that because the same people who are these top social media people saying the best thing to do in social media is to basically be yourself, but cranked up to 11, like a shitty reality show character. But what if you are yourself and you crank it up to 11 and you're not good enough? You're going to end up hating yourself. And what does that say? If these people go, well, you should also be in a hype house. 
because then you can collaborate with people. How about just throwing this out here if you want me to give my full on ideas? I know I'm not the biggest social media expert here. Maybe the thing to do is to just be yourself. If you're boring, you're boring. If you only get six videos, oh well. Uh, if it's effort and you're annoyed by it, you know, it's always okay to take breaks and come back to it weekly, monthly, yearly. Figure out what you're good at and just keep updating when you can. You don't have to expect every video to be a hit. One video could be all it's worth and you'll never know what that is because it's all down to luck. If you want really what's the best option for a social media person, this is really it, ready? Make friends. If you really wanna be successful in the social media world, just make friends. And this is the most important one. If you make friends, make sure you have friends that are private friends. And then ones that you could have as your social media group, because not all friends of yours want to be on Instagram, want to be on Facebook, Twitter, all of these social media things want to make collaboration dance videos with you. They just want to hang out with you because they love you for being you. You need to keep these people into your life. That's like a real therapy 101 trick because the public thing is not really your true person. So you need friends in that little circle that know who you really are and love you for being you, regardless of whatever fuck ups happen in your life. Now your public persona, absolutely. If you're a gamer, hang out with gamers. If you are a dancer, find another dancer. Let's dance in dance battles and let's have fun. You don't have to talk shit and start fights to end up having this. I think that's a real low blow, low shitty, drama filled, horrendous zero content world. If you are really good, all you kind of do is be yourself, find other YouTubers and say, hey, you like fighting games. I like fighting games. You want to make a video together where we talk about fighting games? Yes, no. If not, you want to hang out and talk fighting games in private? Hey, cool. You have a Discord? Let's hang and chat. That's all you ever really need in social media because the referrals, oh, well, you did this. That's good. You build your own little communities. You build your own little customs and you don't have to do like a screw attack uh, collaboration group. You don't have to be like Rooster Teeth and have all of these creators in one world. You could build your own personalized one with the people that you like as long as you make content and as long as you find people that you enjoy and they like you as well for your content and for who you are publicly. So yes, you need a public life and you need a private life. And it's all about finding that balance in content creation. And that's a real challenge and not a lot of people can figure that out. But you know what? If you're a lonely asshole like me, you only have one podcast host and that is you. Isn't that right, Jordan? <clears throat> well, uh, yeah, Jordan, that's actually that's actually a, a good point. You know, um, when I was starting podcasting, I was... Uh, always talking to myself and I was like well do people listen to people who are just talking to themselves and I realized that in podcasting sometimes if it's really good enough kind of like a welcome to Night Vale uh, and in YouTube videos if it's really entertaining uh, like the angry video game nerd but most of the time not really uh, as long as you're engaging or you keep their attention, that's all that matters. Well thanks Jordan you're welcome Jordan. I'm talking to myself because I've gone insane so anyway, uh, that is going to be the intro to this episode. Hope you enjoy this first part. I hope you enjoy, and we'll see you soon. I 
I covered game shows on a podcast called Game Shows, I Suppose, and was having so much fun talking about one game show every week. And I never got to cover every game show, which is sad in its own right, but luckily I have a fast-paced podcast now, and hopefully I could cover it more here. The most popular episodes of that podcast turn out to be the ones covering video games. It makes sense. Most of the game shows at the time come from the 80s and 90s, like Video Power and Nick Arcade. Other shows, like Starcade, have been in repeats on G4 in its early years, and now on its reboot. And G4 had things like High Score that was like a UK trivia game, Game On that was like a Kenny vs. Spenny knockoff, and Arena that they also have rebooted, although it's less video games and more physical challenges and WWE superstars. For the 2000s, there was still game shows, although segmented in things like Nickelodeon's Game Farm, or on things recently like Disney XD's Play With Caution, and whatever was that show they had with Twitch streamers playing games? That isn't a game show, and I think that could possibly be why Ven was a bad idea. <clears throat> it's not even a stranger to the reality show craze with Rooster Teeth's The Gauntlet, WCG Ultimate Gamer on Sci-Fi, and The Tester, featuring the Game Grumps guy talking about his minimal trophy collection. So how many trophies do you have? Oh my gosh. Uh, I believe I have 14 trophies. Do you even own a PS3? Hey, it's still way more than my accomplishments, which is still none. Now, I could spend the entire segment talking about every one of these programs. There is Hugo in Latin America, where people play a troll-like character on their phones. There is Blockin, a trivia show where they play Tetris to score points after a quiz round. And in the UK, Dara O'Brien had Go 8-Bit, with celebrities playing video games against gamer comedians, because all they have over there is panel games. Canada had this show called Video and Arcade Top 10 that was talking about the current games while having a mini competition on its show. But instead of dissecting each of these, I'm actually going to highlight my three favorites. Games Master, Button Mashing, and Starcade. But first, because I know some gamers are going to rant about how I didn't talk about Video Power or Nick Arcade, I need to explain why. Video Power is memed to hell online because of Johnny Arcade. And while it's gameplay leading to quiz, leading to gameplay, and then a supermarket sweep in a fake game store is actually really exciting, it also started off as a Captain in knockoff and was very short-lived as a game show as early 90s really wanted more game pro TV types. Don't get me wrong, it's fun seeing Battletoads, but the games were the same. And the video challenge, and maybe that final round where they are behind the green screen but a great chunk of the show is spent answering trivia questions, trying to figure out puzzles that just amount to, what did we put in this blender? And if they don't know their left from right, they do a spelling mini game. Fun. 
Even the goal is a trivia game. So mostly a gaming themed quiz with minimal gaming. Yes, your nostalgia of these shows are perfectly fine because absolutely these shows had great moments. Maybe you really loved Turtles in Time and Video Power showed it off. Or Sonic the Hedgehog 2 debuting with the cast of Clarissa Explains It All. It's there, and I'm not saying they are bad shows. But all I'm saying, as a game show fan, and a casual fan of interesting, interactive entertainment, I have three that are better. Starcade, Button Mashing, and Games Master. one of the very first video game game shows. At the time, you might see Atari games on 321 in the UK, or as a novelty on Krypton Factor. But one couple in San Francisco made an interesting format. Take five games, two contestants, and have them play these games for a limited amount of time, and have whatever their scores carry over with whoever had the most points playing a bonus round to win a brand new arcade cabinet. That's the epitome of video game game show. The toss-ups is a question about video games. The mini game involved recognizing a screenshot, and yes, the bonus round was just getting the high score in a video game to win the gaming cabinet. Obviously, you can't bring a show like this back. It's all narrative and co-op esports. However, gaming has evolved into things like speedrunning. And as I've said in the Game Shows I Suppose episode, the way to make this for a modern day is time trials. Fastest lap in Mario Kart, plus finding the code in Resident Evil and getting four lines in Tetris all to win a high-end gaming PC or a console package. Its format works because it was simple, it was quick, and most importantly, it stood out. Yo, man, you heard about GameSpot's new game show? Oh, you ain't, huh? All right, well, let me tell you a little something about it. Round one, that's where the game has begun. It's the consolation round where you play until you're done. Time marches on while you fumble with the task. Better do it real fast or you end up dead last. Round two, it's what we call the memory leap. The game shots flash fast so you only get a peek. If you somehow survive and you make it to the end, round three is up. You're getting owned, my friend. Now when I say button, you say mashing. Button, mashing, button, mashing. When I say button, you say mashing. Button, mashing, button, mashing, button, mashing, button. Most likely none of you know what button mashing is, and that's actually really okay, because this isn't really a game show that aired on TV, but rather the internet. One of the first pieces of online content I ever was glued to was on GameSpot, featuring a very young Rich Gallup, and later pre-Giant Bomb and Nextlander Vinny Caravella, as they got GameSpot editors and later fans of the website to play three different rounds. The first is a consolation round, where they had to compete three to four challenges very quickly, like Stomp on a Goomba in Mario 64, or Smash a Box in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. With the two left going back and forth in a trivia game, 
based on the top games from the GameSpot website through fra flashing screenshots called Memory Leak, with the winner of that battle going up against another editor in the game of their choice. So very young Jeff Gersman or Alex Navarro in a final round called Owned that as we know, is timeless and will never be seen as cringe by today's modern gaming audiences. But seeing that button mashing, even if it never had any influence, paved away metaphorically for things like Arcade Pit and Super Nerd and all of these shows on Twitch with gamers asking trivia questions to other gamers who are quickly looking at their chat and Google for their answers, I consider it a major success. But the one that I argue is the best video game game show is Games Master. This is the game show that is also a video game show. This is what Electric Playground was to Canadians and X-Play is to Americans. That cultural phenomenon that gamers say was a major influence on them as a child and now as grown-ups can complain online in the form of podcasting. L lovely. As fans of my Patreon will know, I've been doing a watch-along of the show and going through the show as gaming evolves. We're still in the Super Nintendo and Mega Drive era, but we're heading into the CD-ROM and PlayStation years really soon, and it's gonna be just a system shock to it all. The show is... Very segmented, but very enjoyable. They start the show with a cool Blade Runner intro, and then get straight into a video game. How novel! They get competitors to talk about the game for a bit, and then they go play it! While comedian Dominic Diamond and a gaming journalist like Dave Perry provide commentary on the events. Sometimes, it's a head-to-head -head game. Others, it's a race against the clock. And sometimes... It's an ultra-rare, no-time-limit, defeat-the-really-difficult stage. If they complete the challenge, they win a trophy. A coveted golden joystick. Before it became, you know, synonymous with another Game of the Year award. If they fail, commiserations by the crowd watching onward. Unless they did really terrible, or if they cheated. In which case, they get sent to the pit. Many gamers confuse this show with a similar show, Games World, as it had production members from both shows, and had characters like Big Boy Baryon. I say that because watching the modern reboot of Games Master on YouTube, that version had reviews. It had features. It even had a silly skit, just like the original. They didn't have that consultation zone where kids ask for help defeating a boss to a floating head, probably because game FAQs still exist. But 
something still feels different. Maybe it's the lack of Dominic Diamond. Maybe it's because it was made during the pandemic. I didn't get that same magic this time around, and strangely enough, I found out recently that Dominic Diamond brought back his gaming columns and has a column hybrid podcast on Substack that you can check out, dominicdiamond.substack.com. However, the thing that made the show special was still the very reason I say it's the best video game game show. The challenges. It's a contestant or contestants, and it's just playing modern games in incredible, nearly impossible settings to still win a small trophy. That's about it. You don't need to be very flashy. You don't even need a big gimmick, even though I'm pretty sure the budget went towards the set and licensing. All you really need to be a great game show is have fun video games and make sure the contestants are also equally the focus and watch them perform. You don't need stakes and drama like a reality show and the lavishettes like any esports telecast. Although, to be fair, I think esports is making more money than all of these game shows combined, so I guess ultimately it's LCS and Overwatch League that will have the last laugh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm old. This concludes the free version of a podcast with Jordan Haas. To listen to the full version with more segments and past episodes, please visit patreon.com slash Jordan Haas.